It's time for Tycoons of Small Biz, spotlighting the true backbone of the American economy, the true tycoons of business in America, the owners, founders, and CEOs of small businesses. The show's hosts, Austin Peterson and Landon Mance, are registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker-dealer, member SIPC, and registered investment advisor. The views expressed by your hosts, Austin and Landon, are not necessarily the views of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Let's lean in as Austin and Landon connect with this week's Tycoons. Good afternoon, Tycoons, and welcome to today's episode of Tycoons of Small Biz. We are excited today to have in studio with us uh, Chris Ronzio from Trainual. Chris, thanks for being with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I actually lied there. Chris is not in studio, even though he's maybe 20 miles from here. So we're uh, keeping it COVID-19 politically correct. And uh, and Chris is coming from his house. And it looks like he's even got uh, a better setup than maybe we even have here at the studio. So we're excited to hear from you today and uh, and learn a little bit more about your business. But before we jump into Trainual and everything that uh, that you do there, which is awesome, by the way, I want to. We actually kind of start by asking our guests about their personal life. If you're okay with telling sure. us a little bit about, you know, your family, kind of how you got started, and you know, maybe educational background, what got you to where you are today. Yeah, of course. So normally I'm about 20 miles away in Scottsdale, Arizona, but right now I'm about 2,200 miles away outside of Boston. So ah. I grew up in Massachusetts and came back here for a couple months this summer. Uh, my wife also grew up here. So we've been together 17 years. We've been married for 10. We've got two kids, a six-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old. And, a and um, yeah, it's been a, a pretty fun ride. So my wife has been with me through a few businesses now. And, and uh, I've always believed in building your business around your life instead of making your life kind of fit into the gaps of your business. So that's been a theme throughout and definitely inspiration behind Trainual. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome, and I can tell you that Landon and I are certainly the the same way. My, for me personally, it's uh, I try to go by a motto that is uh, you know, no success outside of the home can compensate for failure in the home. And so, if you kind of keep that in your mind and uh, and focus on what's most important, then uh, it kind of keeps your your goals in alignment, so to speak. So yeah. Very cool. Yeah, actually, when when I first moved to Arizona, it was my wife's doing. So she was my girlfriend at the time. And she kind of gave me an ultimatum. She was like, I'm sick of the cold. We're moving. I'm moving somewhere warm. You can either come or don't come. And I had an office in Boston at the time, a different business. And the idea of moving away from the company was scary, you know, like to, to let the company be and live somewhere else. Um, but I think that that was like the best thing I ever did because we moved to Arizona and the business still operated. And I learned to just plug in remotely and run based on the systems. And I think it set me up for that life success that you're talking about. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. And, and I, can I make the assumption that you're a Red Sox fan? <laughs> I I would be if I still I like I I put the hat on and then people start rattling off stats and players' names that I don't know and so I have to like take cast the hat aside <laughs> so I'm like a Boston fan but not a baseball fan. I gotcha. Okay, well, <laughs> we can just cut the interview right now, Karen. I think we're done. <laughs> for for me, actually, that baseball. You're a New York fan or a no, 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 no. I'm a baseball fan okay. first and foremost, but I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Have been my whole life, so I've got. Oh no way! Yeah, well, my cool. my I entire was... office is full of well, baseball memorabilia. Period, but a bunch of Red Sox stuff. 
So I played baseball and I was really into the Red Sox when they won their first championship in the few years leading up to that. Not first, but, you know, modern first. And when I was in college, it was like all we did was go to the games and watch the games. But then when that group of players started getting traded and retiring, I, I stopped following. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, and, and family gets you busy too, right? I mean, my kids are older now, so it, it's harder to stay with it when they're young and they're, bit, they're keeping you busy and, and doing a lot of other things. But it also helps that I have a son that's now 20, by the way, but uh, he played baseball from the time he was five years old all the way through high school, had the opportunity to potentially play, you know, division two type of a baseball uh in a, you know, in a program at a Division two school, but he said, you know, Dad, I'm not going to the majors. I'm just going to go get a quality education. And so he left that behind. But um, obviously, he's got a good head on his shoulders. But when you have a son that you share that passion with, it makes it easier to, yeah. to yeah, kind of go through cool. everything. I started, We, my son and I started going to Suns games in Phoenix uh, last season. And I hadn't been following any, really any sports for that reason. Just business gets gets you busy. And, and uh, we started going to the games and it was so fun to bond over that. And he's talking about all the players and where they went to school. And so I can appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. You're, you're in for a, a great ride over the next, uh, call it 10 to 15 years. So that, yeah. that I'm ahead of you on. And, and I don't know if you talked to Landon about this before we got started, but Landon just had some twins. So he's got some newborns at home that are what, maybe four months old now, Landon. Yep. Just about four months. Yeah. So, so he's got us both beat plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why he's got those bags under his eyes. It's luck- lucky he's got that nice hair to pull the, you know, the the focus away from those bags under his eyes. Yeah, you see these crow's feet? These were not here four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the softball questions are over, Chris. It's time for us to jump in and uh, and have you tell us really about uh, what we're here to hear about. So, okay. um, you know, Trainual, obviously... You can you can kind of give us a quick background on on where the name came from and kind of what you know what it means, but I'm guessing it has something to do with with having some sort of a of a manual in place and a business playbook that every company really should have. So give us your your th- thoughts and feedback on that. Yeah, you nailed it. So uh, the name Trainual is just training manual, and I came up with it brainstorming on the couch with my wife like five years ago, and we were throwing out all the terms that businesses use to talk about having systems and processes. And so, you know, it was like you you want an operations manual or a training manual or a standard operating procedures. And so this, this idea of creating a manual or writing things down and then training or communicating what those things are was really the fusion that that created Trainual. So um, the business, actually, the, the, the product has been around five years. The business has only been around two and a half. And it really started within my consulting firm. So I saw I had a my first company was a video production company, ran that for 12 years, sold it, started a consulting firm to help others with their systems, processes, their efficiency. And this idea that business could be turnkey just like kept coming up. You know, owners want to build something that has value beyond just their time working in the business. They want to build an asset. They want to build something that could someday run without them. And I wanted a product that was built for that idea. And so people that are trying to get towards exit planning, succession planning, and they want to work on on this stuff, they start making file folders and Word docs and Dropbox folders and patch working together, how things work in the business. And I thought it was crazy that there's no system designed to be your playbook. And when I started looking for tools, there was 
you know, the learning management software and like course subscription software. And there was people hacking together WordPress plugins. And I thought there should be just like a, a simple software that you could use to onboard new people, get them up to speed, um, roll out your roles, responsibilities, keep things just nicely packaged and clear. And so that's where the idea for Trainual came from. So first it was for my consulting firm and just internal. And then they started referring it out. And when strangers started using the tool, I thought, maybe, maybe we've got something here. Yeah. Maybe let's figure out a way to monetize this thing, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a cool concept that, that you've come up with. And and Landon may have told you before we got started, but we spend a lot of time with our clients working on, you know, prepping for that succession. And I, yeah. I actually had a call yesterday with, it was kind of a weird connection, to be honest with you. I mean, it's a, it's a general contractor that builds medical buildings, right? So veterinarians, okay. dental practices, medical practices, whatever. And, you know, she wanted to talk about networking and do I know people that would, that are in those fields that would want to build buildings with her. And maybe she knows people that, that would, you know, be in, in need of my services, so to speak. And, you know, part of what came out of that conversation is she said, you know, so if I know somebody who's getting ready to sell their business, would they be a good, a good prospect for you? And I said, well, they would, but in reality, a better prospect is somebody who's two or three years away from selling that business so that we can prep them appropriately for that. And right. you, you're obviously doing a portion of that as well. We're potentially working more on, a, you know, the tax side and prepping for the eventual sale. And then how does that, you know, support your lifestyle the rest of your life? But it's still important and something that you do well before six months before an exit. Yeah, completely. If you try to just exit six months from now, it's like a fire sale. You know, you're just going to take the best offer. You haven't put much prep into it. And you know, not every one of our customers is trying to sell their business. But I believe every entrepreneur should build a business that they could sell, whether they want to or not. You know, the eventual succession planning, exit planning, liquidation event, whatever, whatever liquidity event, whatever it is, you know, can only be optimized if you've got a business that's, that's, operating really well. And so yeah. that's what we try to do is help people make their business just organized and run well so that they maximize evaluation if they do want to sell. Yeah. And, and it's funny, the way that your, your whole process works reminds me of kind of a franchise system, right? Where, right. And that's, that's why franchises work is that everything is spelled out from A to Z for a potential business owner to come in and run their business a way that has been proven to be successful. And you're now taking that to the masses and saying, guess what? You don't have to be a part of a franchise to to be able to have those systems and processes in place. Our, Our product will help you to build that with your own particular business. Right, exactly. Have you ever read the E-Myth, Michael Gerber? Yeah. Yeah, so you're both nodding. So that was like the first business book I ever read. And the concept in there that stood out to me was the franchise prototype. That like, you know, before you roll out a franchise that's got hundreds or thousands of units, you create this prototype for how things should operate. And I think anyone that aspires or desires to scale, they're working on their prototype. They're like, how does location one work? And how do I replicate this as we grow, whether you've got more people in one spot or multiple locations? And so that concept always stood out to me. And what was really cool is the first year we launched Trainual, 
I had people commenting on the ads and saying, oh, it's like the E-Myth stuff. One of them showed Michael, was friends with Michael, showed him the, the, our ad. And I got on a Zoom call with him, got introduced to him, started talking to him all the time. And so now he's an advisor for the company. And, uh, and you know, we do a lot of marketing things together. But it's so cool that that, that franchise prototype idea that he had in the 70s is still something that's so front and center today for growing businesses. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make a quick comment. So I have a, a client, Chris, that uh, owns a, a bunch of uh, fast food, you know, chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. And he was gracious enough uh, earlier this year before COVID, uh, he let me sit in on one of his manager training meetings. And it was so fascinating because um, when, when they're looking at increasing their, you know, efficiencies, they're talking about seconds. Like, can they do this in, you know, three seconds less? Can they do that in one and a half seconds less? And because they have that, you know, they have the trainual model already in place to where they, they know exactly how much time it takes to cook a burger on one side and flip it over to the other to put the lettuce and the tomato. I mean, right. everything, it's all about seconds. And it was so, so dialed in. Yeah, so dialed in. And that's yeah. why I think what you are doing at Trainual is just um, so incredibly important for small businesses uh, because, you know, it can just, it can really help turn their their craft into a legitimate business that they can eventually monetize if that's the path that they want to go down. Yeah, but if they're shaving seconds off, like that just shows everyone that's listening how dialed in they are, how perfect their system is that they're improving in seconds. You know, most of us have a process that's so loosely defined or not even defined that just writing it down the first time lets you shave like days or hours off of the thing. You know, and so what I what I always tell people is like in business you're constantly experimenting and figuring out the best way to do things. And you shouldn't write down everything in a business because it would be a huge waste of time to write down the things that aren't dialed in yet. The things you write down are the things you want to document or the the delegate, you know, the things you want to get off your plate or scale up. So if there's certain parts of the business that just feel you know, repetitious and you don't want to do it anymore. Like that's the thing you're hiring someone for. Or if there's some service you're delivering that is going really well and you've got a lot of orders, a lot of demand for it, then you need three of those people or five of those people or 10 of those people. Like then you want to invest in that area of the business. That's where you're going to get the biggest returns is focus on the stuff that's that's scaling or the stuff that you need to delegate. You don't have to document everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that you, I think you refer to that as uh, you know, developing what you call a, a business playbook. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about what, what that is or a little bit more about what that is and just, you know, why, why, why do companies need this and how is it valuable to them? Yeah, so a, a company's playbook, a business playbook is just who's who, who does what, and how do you do each thing? So it's an overview of how the business works, department by department. How does the company function? What are the products, the services that you sell? What are the roles and the responsibilities of the people that work at the company so that there's no uh, gray area of who does what? And then for each of the things that you do, each of your processes, each of your the, the services you deliver, the products you sell, you've got standard operating procedures 
procedures to make sure that each of those things are done right. And so the playbook encompasses all of that. It's the people, it's the roles, responsibilities, it's the policies, the rules of how you operate, and it's the SOPs, the processes. And then in addition to that, you've got things like your brand, your culture, your mission, your vision. So all of that stuff that encompasses what makes your business unique would go into your playbook. And that's what our tool is supporting. And I would even say it's what makes your business unique and transferable, right? Because so many yeah. entrepreneurs, and we, you know, I've been doing this 20 years, so many entrepreneurs have a really hard time transferring any responsibilities of you know, certain responsibilities to anybody else, right? Yeah. And, and what they don't realize is that by doing that, the business kind of dies with them. If they don't have somebody else that can do those things, the business is dead when, they're just, when they decide that they're going to hang it up, right? Yeah, it's, and it's easier to put yourself in the position of trying to take over another business than it is to put yourself in the position of selling yours because you kind of take for granted what you know. But if you think about like, what if someone else, a friend of yours gave you the keys to their business and you didn't know anything about it? What would you need to get up and running? And you can do this mental exercise and say, well, I'd need to know like who all the people, who are the leaders here? What are their strategic goals for the year? Like are the financials in order? How do, how do we operate? How do we ship products? You know, like all those questions you'd be wanting to know for someone else's business. That's what you need to work on for yours. And so we've developed you know, so much content and so many templates and things just to help people jog those ideas and, uh, and start to write things down. Because it's hard to do when you're so deeply ingrained in your own business. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. And, and that's actually a unique spin that I'm going to remember, to be honest with you, to, to help, a, help a business owner to, to think about it. Because you're right, if they're thinking about it in terms of an acquisition rather than a sale, then all of a sudden, it's easier for them to focus on what it is that they would need to do. And then you can, like you said, flip the script, go back to them and say, now that's what we need for your business so that your business eventually becomes transferable. And we're talking about selling it to somebody else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah very cool. So how do small businesses get started with the process? I mean, do you have you know an initial meeting where you sit down and go through certain things? How, how do you get, get them through this process? If they need it, we've got a team to do that. But it's a it's a really self-sufficient kind of product, a do-it-yourself tool. So uh, most of our customers will go to the website. They've experienced some content or they've, they've gotten a webinar or something like that. And then they sign up for a free trial. And then just in the trial period, you don't even have to put a credit card in. You go through and you outline the roles in your company and you pick from our templates for your handbook or your orientation or um, you know other areas of the business. And then you just start to build out those step-by-step step processes in the company. And along the way, we invite you to, you know, to join webinars or to jump on a, a content design session with someone on our team. Um, but little by little, they're chipping away at this, this idea of a playbook. And then they, when they've seen the value, they get what the tool is, then you start paying for it. And it's just a, a monthly or annual subscription. Gotcha. Quick, quick follow-up question. Sorry, Austin. No, no. Um, so two-part question. One, first part is, what, what is it? typical client look like to train you all, you know, as far as, you know, the, the business goes. Um, and then also what, what's a time frame look like? So if company A comes to your website, they start poking around, they're like, okay, this is, this is legit. We need to, we need to do this. What, what's a realistic time frame for them to get to a point where they're feeling 
pretty confident about all the stuff that they've documented. Yeah. So I'll start with the size question. Um, we've got, you know, I would say the sweet spot for customers is maybe 10 people to 250 people. That would be the sweet spot. Um, because when you're fewer than 10, you're, you're starting to just outline the departments or who does what. Um, so unless it's a business that's like one owner with nine field sales reps or something where there's a lot of repetition, then typically that 10 is sort of the, 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 point where they're wanting to document things. And then on the high end, I only say 250 because um, Trainual is not built for like enterprise Fortune 500 kind of companies. It's for small to mid-sized businesses. And you know companies that have really extensive HR departments and learning and development infrastructures and eight levels of managers and that kind of complexity, they're probably plugged into some pretty intense ERPs and people systems. And so we fall in the middle. We're like, you know, bigger than the solopreneur, but smaller than those enterprise tools. Um, that said, we've got, you know, one, two person companies that are starting a franchise and investing heavily in this out of the gates. And we've got tens of thousands of user companies that are just, you know, virtual assistant companies or people with distributed workforces around the world. Um, like Ironman and and rock and roll marathons and people that train thousands of volunteers, um, but it's not a it's not thousands of people in a in a headquarters if that makes sense. So um, so that's kind of the size of the company's uh, time frame. It really depends on what training you're trying to create. So I would say if if you're trying to make the playbook for your business, then it's probably at least a, at least a quarter or six months before you're going to make like that meaningful progress that you've got a ton of stuff in there. But it's an ever evolving thing. You know, as long as your business changes, you've got to update your playbook and keep it updated. Um, but if it's simple training, like you're trying to create an orientation to hire your first virtual person because your office is closed right now, then you can be up and running in a couple hours over the weekend. Um, we've had people that sign up in the afternoon and they launch the next day and they're like, I can't believe how simple that was. But that's because they were just creating one thing. So part of, part of what makes the system easy is you can embed anything you have existing. So uh, PDFs, Google Slides, YouTube videos, like any of that stuff about your business you just paste in the links, it all appears within the system. So it can be pretty easy to get started if you've got anything as a starting point. Yeah, very cool. So things have shifted and changed quite a bit in the last few months uh, for everybody, right? Um, You guys are technically a tech company, right? Um, So, you know, I think everybody believes that tech companies shifted really easily during the COVID-19 pandemic. And maybe you did, maybe you didn't. But Give us a little bit of a flavor of what that's been like for you guys to shift to a fully remote workforce. Yeah, we were fortunate that it was pretty easy because we were already using all remote tools and we had a pretty flexible policy of working from home, um, you know, before this all happened. And so we were able to just, you know, move on a dime and say, as of tomorrow, the office is closed and what was ironic or what, 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 the timing was perfect, but um, we were looking at signing a new lease for a much bigger office space. We've been growing really quickly and our existing office space ended, our lease was ending in May. And so the contract was with the lawyers the week we went remote. We just decided we were not going to sign it right now. Um, so we've been remote since March when that all happened. So I think it was pretty pretty simple, but also we have a product that helps you 
onboard your new hires remotely and train your people. And we've been our own best customer for the last few months. We've hired 14 people since March um, that we've never met. And it's been really cool to see our product get them up to speed. And, uh, and you know, we're coming up with new feature ideas that we would never have had before because we weren't experiencing it ourselves. So um, it's, it's been a challenging time, I'd say, personally, and trying to support our people through this and whatever else is going on with their families. But fortunately, on the business side, we've uh, been pretty seamless. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I mean, I've got, I've got a neighbor that works for Zapier. Yeah. And you're, I'm sure you're familiar with, with yeah, who yeah, they we are. Yeah, we integrate with them. Yeah, and, and their their entire workforce is remote and has been, I don't know if it always was, but it was well before COVID. Yeah, and, and, trendsetters. Is yeah. it Cody? It is Cody. Do you know Cody? Yeah, I know Cody. <laughs> yeah, Cody Jones lives right I don't across know how the street many, from me. I don't know how many remote, how, how many Arizona people work there, but figured it was worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, he lives right across the street. So. Oh, that's cool. He's great. Yeah, yeah, they're a great family, busy family. Three, three little boys, and and then a little girl behind that, and they they keep wow. him and his wife very busy. So, but yeah, wow. it's it's been fun for us to actually watch them. Their oldest son is, it's like watching my son grow up all over again. He's just he's almost the exact same kid. It's been pretty fun to watch. So, oh, that's cool. But yeah, yeah, great, great, great family. But you know, Zapier, like you said, I mean, or like I said, that they've been remote for a long, long time. And it's, it's, I'm sure it provides challenges too, right? But it's provided them the ability to be pretty nimble throughout all of this. And they hire the best person no matter where they live, right? And then, you know, just, I mean, taxes and all that kind of stuff that it can potentially save them over time as well versus, you know, all of their employees having to live in the Bay Area where it's very, very expensive from a cost of living standpoint and a taxes standpoint. So it, it's pretty cool to watch some of these tech companies and, and really now mom and pop shops having to figure out how to how to do this remotely. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll net out with some kind of hybrid model. And that's that's what we're thinking. We're we're planning to have kind of our own company-owned co-working space. So rather than an office where everyone's got a desk and everyone's there every day, we're trying to plan a space that a handful of people could come to whenever they want and know that it's ours, that they're not sharing with other companies. So I think we'll probably end up somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that, that was my follow-up as if you thought you'd remain completely remote or you'd go some sort of a hybrid. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So my my brother is our CMO and he is based here in Boston where I am right now. And we've got a couple other fully remote employees, one in Tennessee, one in Utah, one in California. And so I think we will have remote employees in, in a variety of roles. But where we have a concentration of a lot of employees like we do in Phoenix, Scottsdale, it makes sense to have a physical location for them to meet up and collaborate. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I agree. I think there is something that's lost specifically from a from a collaboration standpoint if you're not face to face. Yeah, and other companies have done it, proven proven it wrong. But uh, I like getting together with people, brainstorming around a whiteboard, even if we have to stand six feet apart or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Chris, so you you were a little bit more fortunate than me. Uh, I I signed a new lease on April first. So yeah, so. uh, Things may have been a little bit different uh, for me as well. But anyway, I got a great new spot. But um, we're going to take a quick break to uh, hear from one of our sponsors. And when we when we come back, we want to 
here's some some tips and tricks for uh, businesses that are uh, utilizing remote onboarding. At Paylocity, we deliver more than our awesome product suite with crazy good reviews. We prioritize your success by covering you with a deep support system to back up our easy-to-use, innovative HR solutions. Everything we do is designed to support you in reaching your goals. Together, we tackle your day-to-day work so that you can spend more time building the culture you and your employees crave. For professionals who crave true partnership, Paylocity is the HR and payroll company that frees you from the tasks of today so together we can spend more time focused on the promise of tomorrow. Let's go forward together. All right, welcome back, Tycoons. We're here with Chris Ronzio from Trainual. Having a really great conversation so far. Chris is dropping a lot of value bombs for us, but uh, let's continue down that down that track, Chris. Talk to us about remote onboarding and uh, what are some things that businesses can do, look for, some tips and tricks, best practices that we can all use in our businesses right now. Yeah. So when you think onboarding, it's kind of this broad, you know, um, series of events. Like you've got the legal side of onboarding. You've got the payroll side of like the checklist items you've got to do. You've got your orientation, which is teaching someone about your business and their job. You've got training that continues far beyond just the orientation. So someone's onboarding or their ramp up to a company is this long process And so I think onboarding starts basically as soon as somebody accepts the job. So let's say right now during this remote world, you send out a job offer, they accept it, you've done all the interviews remotely, whatever, it's the right person. And your onboarding starts basically right then. So as soon as they said yes, their experience in the coming weeks as they prepare to work for your company is what validates that they made the right decision. You know, they're putting in their notice at their other business. Um, Their friends are sad to see them go. And it starts to pull at their heartstrings that like, I hope I made the right decision. And so I think the the number one thing people can do is, is be, you know, over communicate, like, tell them that they're making the right decision, show them. And so what we do is we, you know, we announce to everybody that we made this hire, we share their email and their LinkedIn. And we ask our employees to start pinging them and say, like, we're excited to work with you. So people want to know that they're um, that, that they're expected so that you don't show up to a party and you feel like, oh, does anybody even know, like, was I invited to this party? <laughs> it's awkward, right? And so if everybody's like, I can't wait to meet you, can't wait to see you, that's, that's such a better environment to come into. So I think you can do that from day one. The next thing we do is we bombard people with swag. And so I've always felt like the investment of a couple hundred dollars in a new employee to give them like sweatshirts and t-shirts and water bottles and magnets and koozies and backpacks and like all this stuff. uh, It just goes so far because it's kind of like how at the, the Oscars or, you know, all those events, the celebrities get this like swag bag when they go to the event. And then they're posting on Instagram or wherever else all these cool tokens that they got from the event. Same thing with an employee, like it, they could be wearing your shirt on day one and drinking the Kool-Aid. And it's, it's such a great social representation that they're now like part of your team. And so I think it's an easy investment to do that. Um, so then, of course, we get all their tech set up. We ship out laptops, um, comes preloaded with the the image of all the stuff that they need. And then from from day one, it's really about like a very intentional experience. And so we will go in and design out their first couple weeks. We put 
all the meetings on their calendar that they need. They um, they get their email on day one, and it's got like all the the setup emails that they the the, the invitations and things that they need to join. Um, but it's very scheduled, and so they'll have some time that's for uh, meeting people on their team or their department. They'll have some time that is for going through Trainual, which is like the um, on your own training to get up to speed on the company. And then they'll be invited to shadow people and, and come into Zoom calls and breakout rooms and things like that. So the experience is super intentional. Um, so that's, that's kind of like broadly what it looks like. And then the orientation itself, like how you teach someone about your company, I think there's a, there's a couple things that you anyone could do. The first remotely would be record a quick video, you know, use your webcam or your cell phone and record a video that says, you know, hey, I'm Chris. I'm so excited you're joining the company. If you're watching this, it's because we all loved you in the interview process. And I can't wait to work with you and see the value that you're going to bring to this business. In the coming days, you're going to do this X, Y, Z. But that video, record it once and you can use it every time you bring someone new on. And it gives that real personal touch. Whereas you know, you might be sick on the first day or you might be in between meetings and it's a quick hello. It's great if you can be consistent. So that's step one is record um, that little video. The next thing I recommend is to walk people through your entire company process. So start to finish, how does this business work? Because a lot of people will get hired around their role and it's like they're one link in this chain and they don't understand what the rest of the company does. So an example of this in my video production company, we would hire camera operators all the time. And a lot of times we'd bring on these broadcast camera operators that would be filming these youth sporting events that we had. And if they didn't know anything about the youth sporting event or who we were shooting it for, they might be zooming in on the person's face and trying to think, you know, emotion, like this is it's for TV, this is great. But in fact, our videos went to the judges feed for instant replays. And if you missed how their hand was or their foot was, they can't score the video. And, you know, so we had to explain the context of like, why are we here? What are we doing? What does everyone else do in order for them to do their best job? So that's something everyone can do is just explain the, the whole context of the business. Um, and then there's there's your simple things like your mission, vision, values, the history of the company, you know, why... Why do you exist? What's the human story, the founding story from the beginning? So all of those things get wrapped up into your orientation. And if you spend the time to document it and do it right, then that's something that you're delivering exactly the same every time and it saves you a ton of time. Yeah, a couple of what, what Landon calls value bombs there. I, I think that, uh, you know... <laughs> that's a stolen phrase. That's a stolen <laughs> phrase. I, I don't take credit he, for that. He, he used it last week and the, and the guests thought it was really cool. So I noticed that he dropped it in again today. So, you know, he, <laughs> nice. he, he at least learns, right? We know he's capable of learning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I think that those are very valuable points. And, you know, video specifically can be used in so many different ways, whether it's marketing or training, or like you said, an intro. I actually have started doing this. I don't know if we're connected on LinkedIn or not, but I've, I've started doing kind of an evergreen intro video on LinkedIn. And so, you know, I'll reach out to somebody and, and try to connect and then they'll, re- they'll accept my connection. And then I'll send another message back and say, hey, thanks so much for connecting. I really appreciate it. I hope my network proves as worthwhile to you as it has to me. It's kind, LinkedIn's kind of 
not super personal. And so because of that, I, I thought I'd record a quick video just for you to know a little bit about who I am and, and what I'm like. And it's like 30 seconds, maybe, well, maybe 45 seconds. And I'm standing in my office and I've got a sign behind me that says, take me out to the ball game. And I, and I say, you know, something like you can see that I love baseball and, you know, whatever, but it gives them a flavor of who I am. And they decide whether or not they would like to meet me face to face, or if it just made sense to connect on, you know, via, via LinkedIn. Yeah. And so, you know, just so many uses for, for video. And I think it's underutilized still today. And, it, and people are getting more and more used to it, of course. Yeah, it's powerful. We, we for a while, used this tool called Bonjuro. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's, uh, it's like a little app that you can record personalized videos for people. And so every customer that would sign up for a trial, I would batch them out at the end of the day. I'd look at their websites and I would record myself like with their website in the background or their name on my whiteboard so that in the thumbnail, they'd say, wow, this is customized. This isn't like a, a mass thing. Yeah. And then I would just say like, hey, just wanted to say hi. Like, I love that. I love what you're doing. And, you know, the script was the same, but there was some personalized element to it and it would make them open it and watch it. And so video is super powerful. It's the same with like, you know, in the same way someone sends, if someone sends you a FedEx envelope or something, you open it more than you would a postcard, right? And it, it, video is like that in a digital format. It's a thing that seems more important that someone put more energy into. So you want to give it the respect of checking it out. Yeah. Yeah, I, agreed. I've, I've played around with it a little bit uh, in other ways too. And I, I think it's, I mean, my clients appreciate it. Prospective clients appreciate it. And so it, it's just a, a, a differentiator. Right. I mean, I, I recorded last night a market commentary that, that was all written out and scripted. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to record this on, on video. I'll still post it to my blog with the actual writing, but I'm going to record the video and send it out that way. Or if I have a, an email that's more complicated with a customer or a client, I'll, I'll record a video instead and say, hey, I just wanted to record this quick video to explain what it is that we're doing here and why or for, you know, whatever. And yeah. it, it's very well received. So I'm sure so that we're... You're, we're a software company, you know, and our 12th hire was a full-time videographer. Yeah. And so, you know, that if that tells you anything about about the importance of video and marketing, you know, we we have invested so much in content in in TV shows and live streams and podcasts and we we made a, a almost a half-hour documentary about the like the the our belief around the future of business and it's on our our website. And so there's so much we're doing with video. Um, and I, I think a lot of people don't invest like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, it's really cool. I think that that's, it can be used way, way more than it's being used currently. And, and I, it's, it's really cool the way you guys are using it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So not everybody's connected with you on LinkedIn, but I am. And I, I know, and I see a lot of the stuff that you are doing to, um, help the business community at large. Um, I know that's clearly something that is important to you because you spend a lot of time and effort, you know, doing that. So it appears based on our conversation, everything you have going on, that your trainual is moving full force ahead. It sounds like you guys are really thriving during these times, but not everybody is doing quite as well. So maybe talk to us just for a minute about what are you doing? What is Trainual doing to really help you know companies from a lot of different industries just kind of survive and make it through this pandemic? Yeah, 
Yeah, I know it's a, it's a tough time for sure. So that's that's part of why we're investing so much in the content, trying to be as helpful as possible. You know, when I was consulting, part of what frustrated me was we could only work with 10 or 11 or 12 businesses at a time. Like that was our capacity, small team, five people. And the vision to work with thousands of businesses and to make an impact for thousands of businesses was much easier to realize with software. And so the big pivot was instead of trying to sell services to a dozen customers, what if we had a platform that we could monetize and instead we could give away all the expertise, all the consulting, the the advice, that way that people, the people that are the do-it-yourself kind can get tons of value and never have to pay for it. And the only time they ever pay us would be when they hit that point in a growing business where the value of the tool surpasses what they'd have to pay for it. You know, like that's that's what you want in a business. Um, that's what makes it a good deal for everyone. So I think we were fortunate to be have that consulting background and then pivot and say, let's just give this all away. So we created a YouTube show that it was like a free consulting live show. We've got a day, daily podcast now and three other podcasts that, that we produce as a company. Um, we, we are putting out tons of content on, on Forbes, on Inc., my column there. Um, and really, it's just all trying to help people by sharing experiences at different stages of a growing business. And so that's something I've, I've always tried to do because part of sharing those lessons it helps internalize them for myself as well. And you know, when I have people on on my podcast, just like I'm sure you guys do, you hear things, you learn things that then you can apply to yourself and regurgitate in your own lessons or, or apply to your own life. And so I, I you know, I, I love being that kind of vessel for small business advice. When the pandemic hit, the you know the the instant thing we did was reach out to all of our customers and say if anybody's struggling and like can't pay their bill no problem like we'll extend you um, you know months free or however much time you need to to bounce back and what was so cool is now this summer as as businesses have started to rebound we've seen like eighty four percent of those co- companies come back as paying customers and just extending them that runway of you know three four or five months free um, let them recover and showed them that we were on their side. And, and not only did we not charge for the service, but we offered our entire team as just a free resource. You want to get on a call? You want to spend a few hours together? How can we help you with your business? We're, you know, we're process experts. So a lot of times we're able to um, just work with someone and, sh- and you know, help them brainstorm if they feel like they're alone. So, um, so that was something we did early on. We gave free accounts to schools and nonprofits because, um, you know, people with lower budgets that are really struggling right now, we wanted to be able to support and and navigate the transition into the remote world. Um, And then we just, you know, we we continue to do whatever we can. I I gave out my cell phone number. People text text me all the time. I sent it out to like 100,000 people on our newsletter. And... uh, I'll I'll share it on on here too at the end if you want me to, but it's fun <laughs> for for people to just text and, and interact all the time. Yeah, no, I think that that's cool because it it does show your commitment to helping the business community at large. But in reality, it's also going to end up serving you well as time goes on, right? Because people see Chris really does care, Trainual really does care about our success, and. That creates loyalty long term. It creates referrals, you know, to other people who would benefit from your from your software and from your services. And so, 
you know, it, it's a good decision business-wise, even if that wasn't the reason that you did it, right? And it sounds like it was a personal decision to say, hey, look, we get it. We're here for you. But in the long run, it'll end up benefiting you in, in, from a business standpoint as well. And 84%, given what we just came through, that's, those are great statistics. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's authentic. It's personal. I think when we, you know, building a B2B kind of brand, my brother and I went in the third month or so of the business, we went to this big HR tech conference and you see all these other B2B brands and everything's so polished and corporate and laminated and, and, you know, the buzzwords are everywhere. And we thought, how can we be totally different from that? And so out of the gates, it was, well, why don't we just like not produce anything? Let's just, you know, make a cell phone video and and post it of us walking down the street and we'll post that as an Instagram story ad. You know, and I think that really resonated with people that like there are faces behind this business. We committed to no stock photos. Every picture on our on our website and on all of our marketing is our own people. You know, so so like showing off who we are behind the business, I think really resonates with the customers because they know the person whose face pops up on the bubble is like the person they saw on the webinar and is the person they get on the phone with. And so that's always been important to us. Yeah. And specifically in the social media era that we're in now, they want to see the personal side of things, right? And and for me, that was hard knowing, you know, I've been I've been at this 20 years. And so, you know, Facebook didn't exist when I got started. Websites were barely a thing. And and so it was, you know, it was tough for me to say, well, really? Like my clients want to see pictures of of my wife and kids. They want to see us on our vacation. They want to see, you know, those sorts of things. It took a while for me to understand why that's the case, but it, it's so true. I mean, they want to see that they're doing business with human people, not just this big filthy business the way that it sometimes gets portrayed in in the in the media. So yeah, yeah. very very cool. So let's take a quick break here and then uh, we've got some some other questions for you about what's what's next for uh for Trainual and I actually want to ask you about a talk you gave a while back. So whether you're an established local company or a brand new startup, you can count on GBS to be part of your family. We're not just any benefits consulting firm, we're GBS. We have nearly 30 years of experience in group benefits, a strong sense of purpose, and it shows. GBS, believe in something better. GBSbenefits.com. All right, Tycoons, we're back. We're on the home stretch here with Chris with Train Rule. Chris, so much uh, value today. We really appreciate you taking the time, especially being out of town and, and technically on vacation with the family. And and trust me, I understand getting out of the heat. I wish I were still out of the heat, but my daughter started school and we felt like we needed to be home for her to be focused for her senior year. But wanted to ask you specifically about Phoenix Startup Week. You know, you you gave a talk there that was very well received, got some very good, you know, positive feedback. And I, and, you know, I think you talked a little bit about your Series A funding and so forth. And so, you know, it's not going to apply to every business, but I think it's great for some who who are going to be going that direction. And we've had some recently that are doing some raises and so forth. So if you don't mind talking about that a little bit, I think that'd be great for our audience to hear. Yeah, sure. So, um, so the history of the business, we bootstrapped the first year. And, you know, like I said, I had a consulting business prior to that. And so used the profits from the consulting business to invest in building up the, uh, the software business. And out of the, the gates, the big thing we were trying to do was crack uh, digital acquisition, paid acquisition. So to grow beyond just my own network, which was, you know, the first thing, send out 
3,000 emails to everyone on LinkedIn or whatever. You know, beyond that, growing was about perfecting a funnel, a marketing funnel. And so in that first year, that's what we were testing. It was how do we create ads, um, get a big enough audience, get enough people to click through to the landing page, get enough people to sign up for a trial, and then enough people to convert so that the economics make sense. And as soon as we had some rough math on that, I realized that I could spend... Uh, money on my credit cards to purchase ads that would return all of the money back in two or three months, and so that the 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 math there really worked out to to the point that I didn't want to take funding. I wanted to just grow the business as as quickly as I could and as as large as I could. And in a software business, your valuation is pretty closely tied to your annual recurring revenue and a multiple on that. And so every month. I was growing our ARR based on the ads that we were buying. And we were having investors come to us and want to get into the business. But we're fortunate to just be able to say, no, why, why would we take seed funding from you when I've got plenty of seed funding on my Visa and MasterCard? And, <laughs> and, and, and so... So the the you know it was it was something that maybe not everyone would be comfortable doing, but in that first year, I went about three hundred thousand in credit card debt, and uh, and it really funded the business. But doing that let me hold on to a really large chunk of the company, whereas a lot of people raise investment from the beginning and end up with a minority share of their own business. Yeah. And so the the first year, the big milestone we hit was that we grew revenue enough that it would cover our entire overhead. And so if we wanted to slow down our growth and just be a profitable business, we had the, the luxury to be able to do that. And that was extremely important to me because I believe that if you try to raise funding out of the gates and all your attention is on investors, then you're, you're, you haven't shown much traction with customers yet. And if you really want to build a valuable business, finance it with customers. And that's what we did. So we, we built a, a profitable business based on our customers. And then when we wanted to keep scaling, the equation made sense to go raise outside funding. So the first thing was a, a convertible note with a few friends of mine that had been bugging me the rest of the year <laughs> that <laughs> wanted to get in. Amex sh- uh, shut us off, like wouldn't give me any more credit. So I had to go to go to the fr- my friends and, and do a deal there. Um, and, and that bought us another year. And then we raised the Series A from some institutional investors, one in Chicago, one up in Madison, Wisconsin. And I just really loved the the uh, the personality and the experience of of these uh, these guys and the, the firm, and so we we did that last fall, and it was a six million dollar Series A round. And so again, it's it's you know for growth. It's not because we needed the funds to to have to burn the money. It's it was very intentional taking it to get to a, a new milestone in the business, and uh, it's it's been working well so far. So it was a really good experience, but. Happy to answer any specifics if you have questions. Yeah. No, I don't I don't know that we'll go necessarily into specifics, but you know, some of the things that you said were were certainly uh important to investors, right? And also helps you with the valuation that you end up getting is that you had a very well drawn out plan that you were going to follow, right? And it was for growth and you'd proven the model already and you had revenue behind. And so even though you now have taken outside money, I'm I'm pretty confident in saying that you were able to hold on to a larger percentage of equity because of going the route that you went, even though you've now taken on outside money. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I think that that's a great lesson for anybody who's thinking about raising outside money that, you know, you should be looking at trying to, to prove your business model first before taking outside money in, in trying to build something up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Finance with customers. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, a, you know, and, and I've talked to a lot of people in, in the Phoenix area that have a great idea and are very focused on meeting with their investors. And you just think if you spent all that time instead of with investors, spend it with your customers. And how much would you learn about the, the business you're trying to build and the needs that they have? And, and you know, the, the, you know our, our experience was we were able to finance it in a big way with services to the same customers. You know, the, the consulting work that I did that, that generated enough profit to go and start this thing was working with the same customer that was using Trainual and ultimately would be our persona. And so if you can finance what you're doing with, you know, if not with the thing you're selling, with some related services that get you closer to the customer, it shows amazing traction for early investors. Yeah. Well, and investors and yourself, you, you, you both love recurring revenue. And it's also going to add to the valuation later, right? Yeah, absolutely. The, the subscription value has really proven itself through the, the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Landon, take us home. Yes, sir. I, I'm I'm excited to hear him drop that cell phone number and find out from him afterwards how many how many text messages he got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's pretty. Uh, that's that's bold. That's bold. My hats off to you to uh, to do to do that, Chris. Um, so we're we're pushing up against time here, Chris. This has been just a phenomenal interview. I was really really looking forward to this because I you know, I follow you pretty closely online and you're doing great things. So without giving away the farm, because you, you may want to keep a few things close to the vest. Uh, but tell us what is next? You know, what's next for Chris? What's next for Trainual? You know, are you planning to run this company for the next couple of decades? Are you, you know, you think you might, you know, get out sooner rather than later? Just tell us uh, what's on the horizon for you. Yeah, sure. So what I'm so passionate about is building this concept of a playbook for a small business that we talked about. And so the product started with standard operating procedures and started with training. And it really started with appealing to the business that has those things written down somewhere, but needed a better vehicle to deliver them, you know, to assign them to people, to organize them, to track that people have seen them. And so the, the company so far has been enormously valuable to those companies. But looking ahead, there is infinitely more businesses that don't have any of that written down yet. And so I think what people will see from us is that we'll get more prescriptive when it comes to what the playbook includes. And we'll help walk you through with wizards and bots and things that um, really get your business out of your brain, like our tagline says, to just soak in the knowledge of your company so that everyone can have a playbook. So you'll see, uh, you'll see us keep talking about that. But my, you know, my hope is for us to to lead that category. We've got customers right now in 120 or so countries. Um, so we just really want to deepen our, our exposure, our brand around the world and, and be that leader. Yeah, that's great. Good stuff, man. So there's going to be people that are definitely going to want to track you down. I, I'm going to want to track you down after this because I, I feel like I still have like 100 questions for you. But uh, <laughs> obviously, we want to respect your time here. But um, Tell us, um, how can people 
track you down. You said you're going to give your cell phone number out. So maybe you start with that. And then also just uh, tell us what are some other avenues that we can, we can find you on. Okay. So as promised, my phone number 480-531-8411. Feel free to text me. I reply to everyone. It might take a couple days, um, but I, I prefer that over email tremendously. So, uh, so that's that's the number. Um, you can also message me on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Uh, it's just at Chris Ronzio. I spend most of my time there. And then we've got uh, an amazing YouTube channel. You can check out at Chris Ronzio. And then all of Trainual's content is just Trainual, like trainingmanual.com. Uh, Fantastic. Chris, I'm going to ask for a commitment from you. Uh, we are in August. Uh, come maybe March or April. Can we have you back on the show? Yeah, sure. Reach out. <laughs> okay. All right. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. It was a really our pleasure you know, interviewing you. And I know that uh, our listeners and everybody got a ton of value. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks, guys. And it's okay for you to say go socks, even though you're you're not truly a fan, because you know there have been plenty of bandwagon fans that have jumped on in the last decade. So, <laughs> as long as they don't call me out on stats, players, <laughs> I need to say go socks as I'm like walking out the door. So there's no follow up questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been it's been a true pleasure for us, Chris. We really appreciate you being on, and and look forward to having you back here in the valley, and maybe we can get together in person when uh, things have settled down a bit. That sounds great. All right. Thanks again, Chris. Thanks, Chris. You've been listening to Tycoons of Small Biz, proudly hosted by Austin Peterson and Landon Mance. Austin and Landon are comprehensive financial planning professionals specializing in financial, estate, and succession planning for small business owners. Austin and Landon have offices in Scottsdale, Arizona, and Las Vegas, Nevada, and represent clients in 14 states throughout the country. Join Austin, Landon, and the Featured Tycoons live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. right here on Business Radio X and your favorite podcast platform.